of Destiny Total Sports Ministry in conjunction with Deep Experience Revival Level introduce to you God's Word with simplicity and power, which is able to save and give you eternal inheritance through God's servant, Pastigo Colophon. God bless you as you listen. Lord, speak to us again. We have come, O oh Lord, to bow before you, who is our God, our maker. We ask you to speak to us again. Don't pass us by. Yesterday you started walking with us. We heard your word expressly yesterday because you are a loving father. You want to bless our souls. You want us to be lifted. You want us to serve you acceptably. Lord, please, who have come again, let the heavens over us be open. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Jesus had to die, shed his blood on the cross of Calvary for the remission of our sins, that we should go and preach the gospel of repentance and remission of sin. And yesterday, by the mercy of God, God showed us that that gospel is the greatest of all the gospels. There's no gospel you can compare with the gospel of repentance and remission of sins. Every other gospel you see men preaching everywhere, some of them are not gospel, they are motivational speakers. They are motivating people. Any other person can motivate people, but not everybody that can preach repentance and remission of sin. It's not everybody that Jesus commanded to go and preach repentance and remission of sin. It's not everybody. It's only those disciples that he has raised. He commissioned them and said, this is a mystery I am giving to you if actually you want these ones to come into this inheritance. There is no other way men can come into the inheritance that our Father in heaven reserved for them without them coming to realize that Jesus Christ died for them. Without them coming to realize that Jesus Christ died for their sins. Without them coming to realize that until they believe the Father's report concerning his son Jesus there is no remission of sin. And when there is no remission of sin, that man is outside. He is not a member of the family of God. Can somebody say amen? And God made it clear to us and said to us, the journey of life begins the day any man come to realize, oh, I am a sinner. I need help. I don't need any help from any man. I can't even help myself. Jesus Christ, come and help me. Our help started from Christ. If you have become born again, the day you believe in Jesus, the day that man repent of his sins, the day God forgave his sins, that is the day that that man can say, I am beginning to walk into glory. I will say amen. And God spoke and said to us, it's not only that, he said, the blessing that we are jumping up and down, fasting 21 days, and praying midnight, and all manner, doing all manner of rituals. He said, that blessing is tied to this gospel of repentance and remission of sin. 
Whenever a man repents genuinely, whenever a man's sin is forgiven, that man has access to the blessings of God. Can we say amen? Psalm 32, verse 1 and 2. Blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sins are covered. He is blessed. He don't need them to come and tell him that he's blessed. He is blessed. And that's why Jesus had to die for me and you because we are bankrupt. We can't pay the price. Jesus needed to go and die to pay the price for us in order for we to be blessed. He needed to die. He needed to die. If he won't die, there's no blessing that comes to any man. The blessing of the Father cannot come to any man. The Father loved to bless us. He loved to bless us, but his hands were tied. He can't do anything. Because the issue of iniquity, once sin is in place, the Father's hand is tied. Even his own son, he looked at him and looked away and said, no, I can't behold iniquity. He turned his back against his own son. His son cried and said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? He said, I'm sorry, my son. I cannot behold iniquity. I'm of a purer eyes that I can behold iniquity. And through that blood of Christ, the Bible says we are justified. By faith in Christ Jesus, we are also justified. And God said, we have this blessedness because our sins are forgiven. Can one say amen now? Verses 2 of this scripture. Blessed is the man on whom the Lord imputed not iniquity. And in whose spirit there is no girl. In whose spirit there is no deceit. The Lord has forgiven him. He's living righteously. Serving the Lord with his heart. No playing games. No deception in his heart. He said that man is a blessed man. <laughs> Whether the Oboni people gather and take his name to Kofun. It's not necessary. Those things are not what matters. God said, instead my word will not come to pass. Heaven and earth will do what? Will pass away. When our iniquities and sins are forgiven, you are face to face with your father. He will lavish his blessings on you. Can somebody say amen? And he's not asking you to kill yourself for that. He said, see, a price has been paid. What do you need to do? Believe in the one that died for you. Can somebody shout amen? Go back to that scripture now. We go to the next thing God is saying to us today. God said, for we to become agents of change, the issue of sin must be properly dealt with. We can't just casually treat it. Any form of unfaithfulness, any form of unrighteousness, any kind of sin, any kind, whether small lie, big lie, must be dealt with well. By the root. By the root. Because the devil is very cunning. He don't want any man to know the potency of sin. That whenever you commit sin, once you commit sin, the devil catch you, push you out of God's presence. Exactly what he did to Adam and Eve. Immediately they committed sin, he pushed them out of the garden. The devil will not catch up with you. They showed me the man that falsified his age. He said it's 18 years. That man should be around 35 years. You can imagine what they spread all over the world. The whole world saw it. Everybody said, this is wickedness. Everywhere they are circulating it. 
everywhere, everybody speaking, and say, this one has turned to another thing. And I was laughing. I said, even if the man is 19 and say he's now 18, they are the same. As far as God is concerned, they are the same. So they are trying to see that he has committed a capital sin. I say it's the same sin. I say it's the same sin of age falsification. That you are 40 years and say you are 18. That you are 19 and say you are 18. It's the same. No, there's no difference at all. They are all the same. As far as heaven is concerned, he will carry all of you and put in the same scale. The same judgment comes to all of them. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, that is why God is speaking to us. Why is he doing that? He just wants to make small money. He wants to make small money. Because no matter how he play, the strength must fail him very soon. The strength will start failing him. Remember why I want you to see it. The reason why I want you to see it is because you are footballers and you are sitting down here watching me. You won't understand what God is preparing you for. God is raising agents who will definitely turn the world to Christ. Now listen to me. Actually, he thought he's being smart. And he's being a smart guy. Nobody is concerned about whether you're going to heaven or going to hell. Nobody is concerned about what happens to you after this life. Nobody is concerned about how will you fare in future. Nobody cares about that. And ask me one good question. Is people still dying? Yes. Does God say footballers won't die? No. Whether you're a footballer, you're a president, you anything, one day you drop and die. And when you die, even if you have made all the money in the whole world, you leave it behind. You go and meet your creator. That is when he will bring the book and tell you, how did you say you are 18 years when you are 35 years old? Is it not because of the things of the world? You want to make name? You want to have money? You want to build good houses? And Jesus will say, those houses you build now, come, let me show you. And he will show him even his enemies are the ones now sitting down there drinking and say, give me something. And some of his properties, they are planning how to sell it. Jesus can never carry him to heaven because the scriptures cannot be broken. The Bible said the father of all lies is who? The father of every lie that came out of anybody's mouth is who? Did you understand what I'm saying? Now, footballers, do you know why we are taking time to teach you this? We cannot behave like them. We can't come for gain. To make gain from the talent that God has given to you. Without God making gain first from you. And what is the gain? Your soul will first go to him. He will preserve it. So that your soul can have a place. If you finish all these things here. If you go back to God. He can tap your back and say, my son, you are welcome. You are wonderful. Then there is an inheritance which I have for you. Go and rest. You have done your own part. This is the greatest of all. Every other thing we are doing is secondary. The greatest of all it is. Every other thing is secondary. Jesus said, go and raise me a people. In this post circle, children 
that will not be false. You remember that scripture? Isaiah 63 verses 8. For he said, Surely they are my people, children that will not lie. So he was their savior. And God said, What shall it profit a man when he gained the whole world and lose his soul? There's something you need to know about this Jesus. You have made all the money. You have made everything. People know you everywhere. If Jesus don't know you, you have no pleasure. <laughs> the worst thing that can happen to a man is after the world finish praising you, you get over there and go to hell. Listen, you will understand why God brought you here today. And you must decide to be part of this agents of change. You must decide to include yourself among these agents that will make a change in this first world. Leave whatever you want to gain. Leave it for him. Leave it for him. Leave it for him. He will fix everything for you. But first understand, this is God's desire. He wants you to be an agent of change. He wants to raise you and establish you in this circle as an agent of change. Agent that will stand wherever you speak, people will shiver. I am looking for the opportunity where I will gather all of them and speak to them. All of them, they need to hear the gospel and come out and tell the whole world, we lied, it is not good. We now discover that it's because of gain. We have to stand for the Lord so that our soul can have a place after all the sins. Can we say amen? Now look at Titus chapter 2, 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation and appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly loss, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. In this present world. This grace of God is what we started teaching you yesterday. That Jesus died for you. We did not merit it. But Christ came and died. The righteous died for the unrighteous. And brought us into this thing we are talking about today. Our sins were forgiven. For any man who simply said, Jesus, I believe in you. God does not count his sins again. We are talking about grace. This is the highest grace. We are bankrupt in all our wickedness. It's not even when you commit a sin. We are born like that. We are born sinners. It's not because of the fornication you did yesterday. No. We, we are born sinners. Everybody they brought here on earth was born a sinner. I mean a sinner. He said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's nothing any man could do that will please God. Nothing any man could do that will please God. All have seen and come short of the glory of God. And look at this grace that we have to enjoy through Jesus Christ. Look at this grace. And God said, what is this grace teaching us? Go back to one again. For the grace of God bringeth salvation. This great brought salvation. This grace brought salvation. And that's the next thing I want to talk about today. You are forgiven of your sins. When you repent. I want to talk about the salvation. 
that this grace brought to me and you. The salvation, the salvation that this grace brought to mankind. The salvation, repentance and forgiveness of sins brings salvation to every man. Salvation makes it possible for we to become certified agents of change. Salvation makes it possible for all of us to become a certified agents of change. Salvation. So in God's great wisdom, his plans is that when I save them, I will not make them my agents so that all others can be saved. When I save them, I will not make them my agents. I will give them salvation. I will give them complete salvation. I will rescue them completely. I will empower them. I will strengthen them. I will pour everything in them. I will make them fit. Just the same way I sent my son Jesus Christ here on earth. When he came, he was the first agent of change. Yesterday he helped me saying, you can't talk about agent of change without knowing the agent himself, Jesus Christ. He's the very first agent that entered here. And brought a change. When the first Adam failed, they needed him to come. Is somebody with me in this meeting? Now, we talk about salvation today. Please try to understand. And our brother John, when he saw this mystery in 4 John chapter 3 verses 1, he shouted and said, Ah, behold, what manner of love the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. He said, therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Listen, this is a mystery. The greatest mystery ever. The greatest mystery ever. The mystery of forgiveness of sin, repentance, brought man to salvation. That salvation made us God's children. Just like Jesus Christ, he is the first son of God. God made us now his children. Just the same way he sent him here, he has now also sent us Oh, there are certain things I've understood about this Bible, about God's word. If I'm walking on the street, I'll be laughing. Ah! You won't understand the capacity that a child of God has. Many of them are lost. Many of them don't even know why they're existing. Many of them are pursuing what they eat. Many of them are pursuing useless things. And that's why their life is tattered and shattered. They never studied Jesus and know what he was living for that made the father provide everything he needed in this life. It is the secret of what Christ lived for that unlocks everything he needed in life. Until you tap into that secret and live for that secret alone, listen, you will suffer as a child of God. You'll be struggling. You'll be struggling. You will always be counting two plus two, one. Let's be careful, though. let's be careful. I have understood this thing too well that I know in this life money will not be a problem for me. Because I've understood what to live for. I understand it so much well. What to live for? My children, if you can understand it, I tell you the truth. There is something God will do that you will say, how did it happen? There are certain things you will do with these little, little children you will think you are. 
there are certain things God will do. It's just understanding. I pray today that your understanding be unlocked. Let it be open. In the name of Jesus Christ. Behold. What is the next word for behold? See. We go to church but we have not seen it. You pray but you have not seen it. We walk around but we have not seen it. We read Bible but we have not seen it. It's only two that can see it. That will enter into another reign with God. See. See what manner of love the Father has based upon us. That he built us house. That he bought us car. That we finish the house in the village. That all the demons stop pursuing us. That we are called. Is talking about salvation. That God has given to mankind. Is talking about salvation. Which is more than gold. It is more than silver. And the Bible speaks to us again. In John chapter 1 verse 12. He said as many. As I have received him. To them. He has given the power. To become the sons of God. What is he talking about? Salvation. What is he talking about? Salvation. Salvation. That any man who repents of his sin. That any man whose sins are forgiven. That man has been brought into a place. Where the same man becomes as thick as Jesus. As thick as Jesus. As strong as Jesus. And who is Christ's agent of change? Jesus prayed that prayer. He said, thy kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus wouldn't have prayed for God's kingdom to come here on earth when he knows it's not possible. Jesus won't pray that the kingdom of God should come here on earth when he knows it is not possible. He knows it's possible. He knows it's possible. But it can only be possible with those who has received the salvation. May I say to you, for anyone who receives salvation, what you receive is a kingdom. You receive the kingdom. From the day I discovered that I received the kingdom, I received the kingdom. I received the kingdom. And I go to God, I say, we are. He says, for a second. That is where you receive the kingdom. You receive the kingdom. Go and represent me there. Speak for me. Tell the people, let the whole world hear you. Represent my kingdom there. Represent my kingdom there. As an agent of heaven. How I wish you can see today. How I wish you can see today. Look at Acts chapter 3, verses 25. Acts 3, 25. Salvation brought us into the covenant of being an agent of blessing to our world. Salvation brought us into the covenant of being an agent of blessing to our world. Agent of blessing? Hey, I am carrying the blessing of many families. Not only in Nigeria, in Enugu State, in the whole world. And here you are, cracking your brain, cracking your brain. How will my family eat? Change your mindset. Change your reasoning. Change the way you walk with God. And you see everything will change in your life. 
Stop fighting for useless things. Change your mindset. Change it and see everything turn for you. Change it. Change it. It is a change of my mindset that made me to know I'm not existing for my family. I'm not existing for my family. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Please, how many? Please, how many? Your family? Your village? Answer. Is it only your family? Your father? Your mother? Your brothers? Your uncle? Your village people? How many people, please? Who was he talking about, please, here? Who was he talking about? Who is the seed? He didn't say seeds. Who is the seed? He's talking about Jesus as the seed. That through Jesus Christ, the kindreds of all the earth be what? Be blessed. Somebody is not understanding what we're saying here. <laughs> Where do they get that from? Genesis 22 verse 18. Listen, there's something I want to show you. Why is God insisting on repentance? Why is God saying, don't joke, repent, repent, repent? There is something he knows that repentance will bring you into the world does not know. They don't know it. It brings you into salvation. That makes you a child of God. You become urgent. Just like Christ. Who carries the blessing of the whole kindred of the earth. No one can ever be blessed. Actually. If not through him. If this scripture is saying the truth. The whole kindred ought to be blessed through him. Ought to be blessed through him. Look at Genesis. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because thou hast obeyed my voice. He was talking to Abraham. Now in the other scripture we read in our seed, I will fulfill that thing which I promise you in your seed. Call Jesus. And how did Jesus come? Through David. Is it not true? So ordinarily, anything you see God doing is to fulfill this. Is to fulfill this. So when it comes to preach us repentance, when it comes to talk about salvation, when you believe in Jesus, when you repent of all your sins, when your sins are forgiven, automatically you are brought into the blessing. You are brought into that blessing. That blessedness. Now, it's left for you to settle down and understand what he has brought you into so that you will not lose it. The proper understanding of this, why you must believe in Jesus is for you to be partaker of the blessing. Believing in Jesus makes you a partaker of the blessing. A partaker of the blessing. A partaker of the blessing. It makes you a partaker of the blessing. Not only partaking of the blessing, it makes you also one of the seeds. In him, Christ, this was fulfilled. I will say amen. Through salvation, God handed it over to you. God included me and you. God included me and you. And God is said to us, what is said to one is said to another. Jesus actually came and made us his brothers. Is it not true? 
Just the way the father said, in the seed of Abraham shall the kindreds of the earth be blessed. The same way Jesus was speaking, he said, the same way my father has sent me, that same way I have sent you. Just the way my father sent me, the same way I have sent you. He was talking to the disciples. He said, hey, listen to me. In you also, if there is any hope that will come to this world, it's through you. You can imagine if those disciples had not carried the gospel to us. <laughs> you can imagine if those people did not bring the gospel to me and you. It is the gospel they brought to us that is changing us today. That brought us into this truth. That opened our eyes to see. Ah, we the Gentiles that have been cut off from this blessedness of God. We have been included also. Are we saying amen? So salvation makes you an agent of change. Anyone who is saved is an agent of change. God has made his seed to be planted in you. It's not as if they are planted on that kind of seed. The same seed that is called Christ, as salvation is planted in you, that same seed is still the one that bless all the kindreds of what? Of the world. As you keep moving, carrying Jesus is blessing everyone that he comes across. That same seed. Not that they are multiplying seed. There's no multiplication of seed. It's only one seed. He only carries the same seed. Planting you, planting you, plant, planting everyone that believes. That same seed is blessing the whole world. If you carry that seed, after you have repented, giving your life to him by salvation, you are a certified agent of change. Stop crying for your own needs. See that other people are waiting for you. See that you hold the blessing of others. Change your mindset. Change your mindset. Change your mindset. Me and you hold the blessing of others. I have seen that. I hold the blessing of players everywhere. I hold the blessing of the coaches. I hold the blessing of the referees. I hold the blessing of the managers. I hold the blessing of all of these people, whether you're playing abroad or you're playing anywhere, I know I hold your blessing. I have to speak to you to hear me. I have to speak. If they don't hear, there'll be trouble with all their money and the rest of them. Can you understand what God is saying? Now look at this again. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus began to speak to his disciples. In order for them to understand it better, I will now discuss my own. Jesus spoke to me very clear. In Matthew chapter 5, 13. You are the salt of the earth. Please salt of where? Please salt of where? Where have you been salting? No, I'm asking you. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Who was he talking to? The disciples. He was telling those whose sins have been forgiven. He was telling those whom he has brought into salvation. He was telling those. He said, listen, you need to know whom I have made you. I have made you an agent of change. You need to see it. You are the salt of the earth. Do you know it sounds as if you are the salt of your family? That is the way it sounds to many people. Even in the church. 
You are the salt of the earth. You quickly reduce it and say it can't be possible. I'm in my house. I am the salt of my family. I am the salt of my family. I want something to click inside of you today. I want you to be very, very angry. I want you to say, what nonsense is this? How has it become that I've become so foolish not to simply believe God? How did you God say it? You believed. How will you become the salt of the earth? You believe. You simply believe. You are the salt of the earth. Not the salt of your family. Not the salt of this place. Listen, we are not planning this death in Africa for Enugu. I have said it time without numbers. They don't understand what I'm saying. They will think this man is talking nonsense. He's talking jargon. I have said it time without numbers. It's not Enugu ministry I'm running. I am not running Enugu ministry. If you ever cage yourself here, you are telling God it's not possible. You are telling God you are a liar. You are telling God you don't know what you are saying. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of Ghana. You are the salt of Colombia. You are the salt of Namibia. You are the salt of South Africa. You are the salt of Holland. You are the salt of the earth. What does he mean? You are agent. You are an agent. What do you use salt to do? One thing that salt does is that salt preserves things. It stops things from decaying. If you buy a meat, you don't want it to decay. Cut it, cut it, pour enough salt. You don't have fridge. Cut it very well, pour enough salt. If you come tomorrow morning, over there, it will be still fresh for you. If you have a wound, and that wound, are you understanding what I'm saying? Even if it's smelling, just wash it small. Carry small salt, pour there. That wound dries up immediately. It will stop smelling. You see it drying. It will dry up. Flies will run away from it. Flies does not go to salt and lick salt. No. They can only lick sugar. Not salt. They can't lick salt. Jesus never called you the sugar of the world. He knows what he's saying. You are the salt of the earth. You are to preserve this world that is decaying, is smelling. Can't you perceive it? It's smelling, it's decaying. If you turn here, it's decaying, it's smelling. It's decaying, it's smelling. Can't you perceive the odor? It's smelling bad. So bad. It's only foolish person who can perceive the other. In order to let his salt to go out there and stop the decadence we are seeing in this wicked world, our children today, mortars wear their children pant and they are walking on the street. Decadence. We're not talking about another person. It's the mother that wore the child a pant and she will wear her own. And be calling her, darling, let's go. Darling, let's go. Decadence. Mothers look at their children. Their breast is out. Advertising their breast and say, I'm available for you. 
a decayed world, a world that homosexuality has been approved, a world that lesbianism is not seen again, a world that fornication is bread and pepper soup. And here you call yourself a child of God. Only what you are looking is for who will prophesy for you to build a house. You have lost your savour. You have lost your savour. You are no more agent. You are no more one of the agents of change. You are no more one of the agents of change. The gospel I hear from the altars today shows me that many has lost their several. They don't understand why Jesus came. Jesus picked his words that he was telling the disciples. He said, hey, understand, I have made you as an agent. If I leave, you must be here. If I leave, you must not let this world decay. You mustn't let this world decay. Jesus never told them, you are salt of Israel. He said you are the salt of the earth. The whole earth. The whole earth. Don't let anybody deceive you. Ask yourself, am I still seasoned? Am I still seasoned? Am I truly a salt? Am I a salt indeed? Am I a salt indeed? Have you turned to a sugar that all the ants can perch on you and be eaten? And be eaten and be eaten. Can you still preach the gospel that people will come and say, No, we don't want this one. We don't want this one. We don't want this one. I know why. If I finish saying this, they will run. If I finish talking like this, they will sell you this man alone. Bless us, bless us, bless us. Every day you're talking about sin. You're talking about sin. Every day you're talking about sin. I say, There's not that thing I know that will bless you. <laughs> There's not that thing I know that will bless you. Jesus taught me how to bless people. That anybody who believes, anybody who believes in such gospel will bless. That man will bless without anybody contending with him. You will be blessed. If you like, open your mouth and say, This man is talking this, he's talking that. Okay, I'll be saying what I'm saying. You can't stop me. I'll be saying what I'm saying. Hundred years to come. Jesus, I'll be saying what I'm saying. I will not change what I'm saying. I'll keep saying the same thing. Even if everybody go, I'll keep saying it until Jesus come. My reward is not in anybody's hand. It's in the Lord's hand. Him that sent me brings the reward to me. He asked me, my son, I raise you as an agent. Raise agents. Of your brethren too. I call them the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savour, where we shall it be salted in? If the salt has lost its savour, then the salt has become sweet now. The salt has become sugar. The salt has become sugar that gather people, that gather people in their numbers. That is why our churches is filled to overflow. No more salt again. What we see now is sugar. Sugar churches. Sugar churches that say things that they love. That say things that makes them to rejoice. That tells the wicked that you are right. That tells the fornicator, carry on. 
that tells people who dress naked continue. That tells women say shall take it easy. Without telling the person walk out, you are not part of this family. You are no more part of this family. The salt, how do you know? It preserves things. It preserves things. God is raising a generation. I say God is raising a new generation. God is raising a new generation. You better be part of it now. The wind of revival is coming. It will blow off every nonsense thing. Anything that don't have its foundation in Christ, the wind will shake you and bring you down. But it won't happen to you. That's why God in mercy brought you. That you can heed to his instruction. He said to them, you are the salt of the earth. If the salt has lost its savour, where will it be good again? It will be useless. It will be useless. Why should you let this world make you to lose your savour? Why should you let pleasures of the world, why should you leave a little temptation make you lose your savour? Why should you leave all this thing the world is displaying up and down make you to lose your savour? And look at that again. Jesus continued. He didn't stop there. It is henceforth good for nothing. But to be cast out. Do you know most of the things we call program? God is saying this is nothing. It's useless. Do you know most of the things that people of God gather? God is saying this is a hopeless gathering. He has lost his sword. He's now sugar. Everybody's coming around him. Everybody's licking him. They kiss him. They call him big, big names. They call him Papa. They call him anything. They call him everything. And he's happy. He's walking like this. Children of God, let me bless you today. In the name of Jesus. Does he know how God bless people? <laughs> you are calling blessing on people who have not repented. You are calling blessing on people whose sins are still there. You are calling blessing on a man who is still fornicating. You are calling blessing on people who are still cheating in their offices. You are calling blessing on a man who converted the money of the government that is meant to serve the people. You are calling blessing on him. You are calling blessing on a man who has abandoned the wife and be sleeping in every hotel. Because of the privilege they gave to him to serve the people. You are calling blessing on a coach who leaves his family, the children at home. Because he had the privilege to be going from hotel to hotel. He be sleeping with women. All manner of women. Changing women. Changing women. And you are calling blessing on him. You can't change Jesus. You only bow for him to change you. You can't step down his standard. You can't do anything. And Jesus didn't stop there. He said. It is then for good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. To be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Anytime we lose our savour, we become hopeless and useless. We become hopeless and useless. Men will begin to trample on you. They begin to trample on you. They will begin to tell you what will happen, it will be happening. Listen, men begin to tell you what will happen to you to be happening. It's no more you telling them what will happen. They will tell you it will be happening to you. And they'll be laughing at you. Because you have brought yourself so low that they have to trample on you. 
they have to trample on you. <laughs> you look at the man of God called Moses. When they want to trample on him. Because it's God that called him. God said, no. You don't trample on my servant. If you do, I'll teach you the lesson of your life. You will know I am the one that called him. Get out of the way. But when you are now a sugar and not a salt, get ready. They will trample on you. Nothing will happen. Are you here with me? Verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. You know, there are certain things you hear Jesus saying. If you are not careful, you miss it. You are the light of the world. How did you hear it? Don't you think you are hearing you are the light of Savior of this task force? <laughs> Is that not what you are hearing now? Do you know if you have thought about this very well, you change your reasoning? If you have thought about this very well, the way you behave would have changed a long time. Many of you have settled to die here. Many have settled to die in Enugu, to die in Nigeria. I am not dying here. I am not dying. My prayer and cry every day, Lord, you said I'm the salt of the earth. You said I'm the light of the world. Lord, I'm still in Enugu. What is happening? Let my light move. Let my sword move. Let it move out of this place. What is it doing here? What is catching this light? What is causing the sword not to get to other places? Players, you are sitting down here looking at me. Have you ever prayed and said, Lord, you said I am the light of the world. I am the sword of the earth. You think that this football you are playing, you are going to end it here. Listen, tomorrow come. There's something I will show you again. Go give me that word. He said, tell your players, when they understand this, this is what I will do in their lives. Tell them. The other is that in Africa, I keep saying it here. I keep saying it here. I keep saying it here. They thought I was joking. But it entered into one. And they carried it. He carried it. He's still saying it up to today. He still remember that scripture. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. I am coming. Oh, Jesus is Lord. Can somebody say amen? You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. I am not in competition with anybody. I cannot be hidden. Nothing can hide me here. No power. No force. No authority. Unless I make the light to die. Unless on my own I quench the light. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. He said it to me. The same way he said it to the apostles. He came to me and said, my son, you are the salt of the earth. A city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine before men. Verse 15. Neither do men light a candle and put it on a bushel. Are you understanding this? That even if they don't want you, they must want you by force. Because you can't see a light and put it on that bushel. The light must come out and you must place it where it's supposed to be. You see, when I see children of God say promotion, promotion, promotion. Which promotion are you talking about? Do what God said you should do. Keep shining the light. Keep shining the light. They will bring you wherever they keep you. And say, sorry, this is why you're supposed to be. We are sorry all this why. We have seen you everywhere. Don't you see it in the life of Joseph? Didn't you see it in the life of Joseph? 
in the life of Joseph, immediately entered Potiphar's house. The light was shining everywhere. Did Joseph complain? Was he complaining? He was only shining his light. They carried the light inside prison. He was shining the light there. <laughs> and his God went and told the king, dream. The light needs to be where it should be. If you want this, your country to remain. Your country is about some assaulting. Your nation is about finishing. Hunger that is coming will kill all of you. Go and bring out the light inside the prison. Place him where he should be. The king is talking to me. He said, there is nobody in this nation who can say a word and a stand except me. You, now, anything you say is what will happen. Did Joseph go and petition? Did Joseph fight? Did he quarrel? <laughs> they call you for prayer. Let us pray. For all the people holding your promotion, the name of Jesus. God, kill all of them, 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 kill all of them. Do you know some of them were praying the prayer they died? Some of them were praying that God should kill them. They died. Because we have left what Jesus taught us. You can't wake up in the morning and look at a light. Are you understanding what I see? That is kindled. And they say, no, this place is easy. It's not good. Put it under there. <laughs> Please, anybody who is sensitive when they come, what will he say? Who put this light under here? Are you crazy? You keep light under here and we can't see. Bring it out. I'm about it here. Ah, I said to you, you are an agent of change. You are an agent of change. God has made you an agent of change. Nobody can change it. Well, will you agree with me? Will you simply believe this truth? And stop giving yourself high blood pressure. I am not contesting or contending with anybody. As far as I am shining the light. As far as I remain the light of the world. As far as I remain the light of the world. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. But on a candlestick. And it gives a light unto all that are in the house. How many people will he give light to? All that are in the house. All that are in the house. No, some people will not see light, some will see light. Everybody. It will be shining, shining, shining. Look at verse 16. This is wonderful. I love this also. Now, how would this light go out? He said, let your light so shine before with people. Men. <laughs> Do you carry light and go inside and be sleeping? Do you carry the light and go inside your village and sit down? Do you carry the light and get yourself occupied in another thing? God chose to make us agents of change. But which people are we to change? Men. 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 If I carry light and I'm not affecting the lives of men, positively, something is wrong with me. Something is wrong with my life. I am not a true agent. I am not a certified agent. I am not an agent that actually understood what they have made me. He said that men may see your good works 
and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Immediately he finished saying that to me. Do you know the next thing he said? He said, start the academy. He said, start the football academy. He said, my son, did you understand? I said, I can understand my father. I can understand my father. He said, start the academy. He said, no matter the gospel you preach to them, men need to see the light shining. Even in the area of good works. In the area of good works. If you say you carry light, God is asking you, where is your good works? If you say you carry light, can you show people your good works, the lights you have gathered together, shining the light? Can you show people the lights you have gathered, not asking them? That's why he said, don't collect 10 naira from them. Buy them jerseys. Buy them balls. Give them food when you have money. Make these things available for them free of charge. But do you know, God is saying, will you be among this kind of agent? Or do you think they don't know what they are doing? No. It's because the Jesus raised a man as an agent of change. And said, go and shine the light. Through good works. Go and shine the light. But first, let them repent of their sins. Let there be remission of sins. So that they can be blessed. When there's no remission of sins, they can't be blessed. What God brought you here is to show you that if God did not raise a man, you will not be enjoying what you are enjoying today. If God did not raise a man as an agent of change and say shine the light through good works, gather them together, gather them together, shine the light. Now, I show you what will bring you into this. Number one is vision. Proverbs 29, verses 18. <laughs> you can't be a certified agent of change until you cut a vision from God. So God will always ask, what are you living for? What are you living for? What are you living your life for? You have to catch a vision from the Almighty God. Do you know why you have become like this? I caught a vision from God. When I caught a vision from God, I started moving. I have a focus for life. I know what I'm living for. I know what I'm living for. Listen, I am so focused. I pursue the vision with everything in me. Do you know the vision I receive? Become what is pushing me. Any day, if I see these players and see what God said to me, if I see Jesus say you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world, I keep moving. I keep moving. I keep moving. I said, Lord, I want to see it come to pass. He said to me one day, you will build a kingdom. A city for these players. He said, they will walk into it. This is what I'm expecting to see there. And I'm looking ahead to see these things come to pass because he said it to me. It's not for me. It is for them. Because it's a vision that I caught. Can you cut the vision? The question is, what is the vision? Until somebody caught a vision, forget about it, he will get lost. He will not even know why God is giving him money. He will not even know what to do with the money. He had to catch a vision. So some people will say, what is my vision? What is my vision? Jesus gave his disciples a vision. Don't start seeking for another one. 
Mark 16, verses 15. Jesus gave them a vision. If you are following Jesus, why won't you catch a vision? When you see the vision of Christ, you should know. Kill to it. Kill into the vision. He will bless you. Kill into the vision. He called Matthew. He said, Matthew, do you know why I called you? I'll make you fisherman. He saw Peter. He said, Peter, catch this vision. I'll make you fisherman. Many of us, we are deceived. And they tell us, vision, vision is one thing. Vision, vision, my vision is to be a builder. You are not there. You are not in the vision, no. <laughs> if you know Jesus, he gives you his vision. And you live for only that vision. Look at the vision of Christ. And he said unto them, go ye into the world. And do what? And pray the gospel to every creature. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Is it not the same? Then go ye into the world and shine the light. Shine the light. Go ye into the world of sports. Shine the light. Go ye into the world of teaching. Shine the light. Go ye in any area of life. Go ye there. Shine the light. Shine the light. Go ye and preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. In season and out of season. In season and out of season. Anybody who cut this vision, you are out of place. I have told my people here, if you are not here for this vision, that is this thing that Jesus said, you are out of place. If there's any other thing that brought you here, you have missed it. You can't survive here. You cannot survive. One day you will get frustrated and leave. Even if you don't want to leave, Jesus will push you out. And he said unto them, go ye into the world and pray the gospel to every creature. Verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Do you want people in sports circle to be damned while you are pursuing money? Do you want them to go to hell while you are saying, I am in vision of building? You don't know what you're doing. Do you want people to perish and go to hell while you are pursuing what you share? Hush! I prefer to do it without money. I prefer to do it without paying me. Don't pay me. I don't need to be paid. I am doing what my master asked me to do. I tell you, he's paying me well. He is paying me so marvelously well. So huge. He's paying me well. As I keep doing it, he keep paying. As I keep doing it, he keep paying. Verse 17. And these signs have followed him. Then he began to show so many things that happened. Go to verse 20. And the Bible said, as they went to preach, the Lord was walking with them. Immediately they obeyed. God said, okay, it's over. <laughs> now they have obeyed. I will join myself in what they are doing. Do you want God to join yourself in what you're doing? Cast the vision. Cast the vision. Players, cast the vision. Can you join me? Let's go and preach gospel. Can you use this talent God has given to you to preach? Can you use it to preach? Can you use it to preach? Now listen. I said, look at what Jesus taught me. In every level God brings you to, he makes you an attraction. In every level God brings you to, he makes you an attraction in that level. 
Do you know why he's making you attraction? For you to be more effective in the vision of winning souls. The more he lifts you, he wants people to get attracted to you so that you begin to turn them to Christ. The more he lifts you, he wants people to get attracted to you so that you can turn them to Christ. What are you doing with your own attraction? God began to teach me day by day. He said, my son, be subtle. He said, be wise that it's happened and harmless that it's dove. He said, how come the children of the world is becoming more wise than you people? They do their bed there. They dance, open their bum bum. They invite you people, you go. They invite you, you go. They invite you, you go. You will say, I'm a child of God. I don't used to dance. You go and see them. Let them be dancing. They will do something, you will laugh. <laughs> they say, no, guy, why are you not dancing? No, 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 no. I want to be here. Okay? They are already sowing another seed in your life. They are already sowing another seed in your life. They are sowing it. These people have become so smart, so skillful. In their birthday, they know you are a child of God. Why are they coming to invite you? Why are they coming to invite you? And you still can't say no. You go and sit down there. They have strategy. They are wise like their father the devil. Jesus said be wise that it's happened. You thought Jesus don't know what he's doing? Wise that it's happened. It is time for we to win people for Christ. With the attraction he has given to you. It is time for we to win them for Christ. That is what makes my father rejoice. That is the vision. That is the vision. That is the vision. Every other vision you have, kill it today. And allow God. Listen, blessing is coming. I know mighty one is coming. Because I've known what to do with it. He has taught me to be cunning. He has taught me to be skillful for him. He has taught me to be wise that a serpent. You are a child of God. Receive the wisdom of Christ today. Receive the wisdom of Christ today. And become an agent for Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Everything God gave to you, you are not using it. You only look for gain you make. God said, my son, I teach you something. He said, car division. He said, what is the joy of a fisherman? The joy of a fisherman is not that he went a fishing. The joy of a fisherman is that he caught a fish. He said, when a fisherman put his bed and covered the mouth of the hook and put it in a river and the fish finished eating the attraction and he didn't catch them. How does the fisherman behave? He feels frustrated. He's not happy. He's not rejoicing. He's not celebrating. The fisherman does not celebrate. The only joy of a fisherman is when he sees his hook as he's throwing it. There's a fish there jumping up and down. Jumping up and down. The fisherman will rejoice and be pulling it. Not minding the blood. He will be pulling it until he pulls it out of that river. That is his joy. What is your joy? What are you living for? What is your joy in this life? What vision do you pursue? What makes you angry and sleepless night? What troubles you? What troubles me is when I don't see one soul I used to greet my master. From month to month, no soul for me to use to greet my master. My wife had my prayer this morning. I say, Father, thank you. For those few souls that lined out yesterday that say, Jesus, I surrender to you.
I say, Father, there is no other thing I'm doing this meeting for. If I won't win a soul, it's useless. If I won't raise agents of change, it's useless. I will say it again. If you go to Proverbs chapter 1, 2 to 5, you hear Jesus talking about his subtlety. Verse 4 in particular. Look at that scripture, Proverbs 1, verses 4. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion. The word of God comes to give you subtlety, to make you very subtle. The devil is subtle in his way. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. He said the devil is more subtle than all the beasts that God created. God is not saying that subtlety is a crime, but evil subtlety is what is crime. Godly subtlety is approved in the Bible. Godly subtlety is approved in the Bible. And what I'm teaching you in order to fulfill the vision is godly subtlety. Cut the vision first. The vision is to whistle. Then godly subtlety to make it effective. Super effective. God started teaching me the mystery of attraction. He said to me, my son, there is nothing wrong in putting a sea all over the church. But there's everything wrong in making the pulpit to be cold. There's nothing wrong in decorating the house to attract both big and small, rich and poor. But the pulpit must be hot. The hook must be sharp. Attraction is good. Super good. Ask my players, why are you in this depth in Africa? There's attraction. But when you lose vision, when you lose vision, you are useless. Hopeless and useless. Even the one that gives you the money for the attraction will remove it. He will know you don't know what to do with it. Listen to me. Do you know why God will bless me? Do you know why God will build everything he said? Because he knows he has trained me to a point where I can understand. Where I can understand what he's doing. It's not for me to show off. That is why every day he keeps teaching me. He keeps teaching me. It's not for you. It's not for you. It is for me. It is for me. It is for me. For my kingdom to come. For my kingdom to come. For men to return back to me. Will you join this team of agents? Will you join this team of agents? Will you turn many to Christ? Will you use whatever God has given to you to lay it down to turn people to Christ? Will you be skillful for Jesus? Will you be calling for Christ? Will you be subtle for Jesus and his kingdom? If you know how to sing, it's attraction. If you finish singing, a young man come to you, use it to turn him to Christ. If your beautiful facial is an attraction, if they come, Jesus wants you to use it to turn if you have handwork, it's an attraction that people are pursuing you. Use it for Christ. Whatever you have, lay it down for Jesus. Pursue one vision. Go to all the world and tell everybody about Christ. Cause them to repent so that they will not be damned. Cause them to come back to Christ. That is the vision God has given to agents. Can you shout amen? Do we have an agent in the house? Can you shout hallelujah? Can you shout hallelujah? Can you say I'm a gent of change? I am an agent of change for Jesus. Hallelujah. I say within the shortest time, you will be in real Madrid. You'll be turning people to Christ. You'll be in AC Milan. You are turning people to Christ. 
You will be in Barcelona, you are turning people to Christ. You will be a great woman, you are turning people to Christ. You will be a great man, you are turning people to Christ. Tell your neighbor, sir, I cut the vision. Tell your neighbor, I will live for the vision. From today, in the name of Jesus. I finish by saying this. Every agent of change must not fail to know this too. Every agent of change must be a disciple of Christ. Every agent of change must be a disciple of Jesus. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age, NIV. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven earth have been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Every effective agent of change who is lasting must be a disciple of Christ. It's not for him to get knowledge and run away with it. It's not for him to hit and run. A disciple is the one that sits at the feet of the master. Even if he has got victory yesterday, he returns back to Jesus and sits down again there. He gets victory again. He returns back to Jesus and sits down again to learn. A disciple is the one that learns always. A disciple does not graduate in learning. A disciple depends on the master for him to keep teaching him every day. A disciple does not assume I have known it all. A disciple is the one that stays under, under, under continually. I am to stay under my master. He stays under always. He doesn't graduate. A disciple only takes instruction. Follow the direction they ask him to follow. A disciple does not query what the disciple will give him to eat. A disciple stays wherever the disciple says stay. He does not argue. He says yeah. Because he understands there is a reason. So if I must be a continual agent of change, I must be a disciple. A disciple of Christ under any hand that Jesus chooses to mold me. Under any hand. A disciple does not jump up and down. If you go here, you go here, you go here, you go here. He stays where Jesus says stay. A disciple does not live to please others. He lives to please the master alone. Wherever the master says, I lead you to, he follows. He follows. So being an agent of change, you must be a disciple of Christ. You must decide to stay where you want you to stay. You must decide to do what he asks you to do. You must decide to eat what he asks you to eat. You must learn from him. You must learn from him. You don't teach the one that is to teach you. You don't teach the one that God said, hey, stay under here. You follow him. You follow. You simply follow. If you want to be blessed. 
If you want things to be tough and ill and hard for you, turn your back against them. And God will say, even if you're praying to me, I won't answer. Go to the one I say you should go to. Don't be disobedient. Don't be arrogant. Don't be proud. Sit down there. Even if you have gotten to any height in life, go back there. There are certain things you don't know. It was an exciting one. The last meeting I had with my son, he bent down his head. He lifted his head again. He do like this. You know what he said? How? Oh, I don't understand this before. I said, that is why I am here. That is why God made me your disciple. If you had run away, you didn't come. You wouldn't have known it. If you had come back and been doing like this for me, I wouldn't have given myself to you. I would also withdraw myself and be watching you. But because you learned to come back, because you learned to sit down, because if I say come, you come and sit down. That is why you're learning now. I say you wouldn't have known even quarter of what I'm saying today. But you have learned it today. Never in this life you kick the disciple that God gives to you. If you do, things will be hard, very tough and hard for you. I mean, you will eat gravel until the day you go back. Until the day you go back. Until the day you humble yourself, lie down on the floor and cry and say, I have missed it. I have missed it. I have missed it. Don't miss the disciple that God gave to you in life. That disciple shows you Jesus, who is the main disciple. <laughs> it teaches you Christ. It shows you Jesus in every page of the scripture. It calls you back when you are about falling into a pit. It tells you you're going the wrong direction. Come back, my son. Come back, my daughter. I can see a trap. He sees ahead of you. He sees ahead of you. You can never see ahead of him. You can't. God does not change order. All of you sitting down looking at me, I have told you several times, it's not by accident God brought you in this death in Africa. We prayed extensively and said, Lord, anyone that is not part of us, let him not come. We don't need a man. This is the only academy that prays such a prayer. Because we know what we're looking for. We want God to raise the right people for us so that God can beautify them by himself. All of you sitting down here, may I announce to you, both the ones that come to this death meeting, both the ones that even came today, they invited you, there's a reason why God brought you. If you can understand that reason and settle down, for you to be moved well, allow God to mold you well and make you skillful for him to draw souls to Christ, watch what God will do in your life. Discipleship is not going to church on Sunday. Discipleship is apprentice and master. Until he makes you to learn. The question is who is discipling you? The question I'm asking everyone sitting down here. Who is the one discipling your life now? That you are deserved in Africa doesn't mean I'm discipling you. That I'm preaching you does not mean I'm discipling The day I begin to disciple is the day... That if we call for altar call now for discipleship, you come out here and say, Lord Jesus, I give myself to you. Jesus is the one. Now you understand what I'm saying? And if Jesus turned you to me, I take you over <laughs> and begin to walk in your life. Are you hearing me? What it means that when I call you, you will come. 
The Lord says, stay, stay. Where he asks you to stay. There is something is working in your life. When he finish it, he will decorate you. If you can wait, he will decorate you. That is discipleship. Discipleship comes to mold you. To put you in proper shape. Discipleship comes to make the best to come out of your life. You hear Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 11. Look at verse 27. When Jesus opened my eye to see. This is what they don't know. They only see when I say take my yoke. <laughs> Look at 27. All things are delivered unto me of my all things. Listen, whatever you will have need of. Husband, job, wife, children, money, playing in Europe, they are under all things. They are under all things. All things have been delivered unto me of my did you see that one? That is why in discipleship you don't go anywhere. Where are you going again? Everything you have need of is with him. He will use him not with him. Who told you that that place they are asking you to come is there? It's not there. All things have been delivered. All, not some. All. Look at that again. Jesus began to talk to them. He said, come unto me. All of you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you what? I'll give you what? Then in 29, look at what he said there. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For you are meek and lonely in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is no yoke that Jesus will ever bring to you that is not easy. It is the way you see it. It is the way you understand it. So, the next thing to make a man a real agent of change is to be with Christ in discipleship. To stay with Jesus in discipleship. Discipleship is what God arranged in order to make people correct agents of change. That's why the disciples of Christ, they are always with Jesus. 24 hours. Anywhere Jesus is going, they are what? They are following. If Jesus sit down, they will do what? If you climb to the mountain, they will climb there and meet him. If you like be doing anything, they will say, we are not leaving you, Jesus. Anywhere you are going, we are going with you. What made Elisha tick? Elisha was a disciple. He followed Elijah, his disciple. Even when Elijah said, wait, God send me somewhere. He said, Lai, Lai, my master, anywhere you are going, please, permit me to be going with you. You thought he was a foolish man. At the end of the day, what did he got? Double portion of anointing. I tell you, God is turning you to a double portion blessing in the name of Jesus. As you settle for discipleship this year, as you refuse to roll out, as you sit down morning, afternoon, night, seeking to know Jesus, seeking to know Jesus, seeking to know Jesus, every day, every day, every day, God is turning you to a gent of change. Discipleship finally is a call. Just like we call people to give their life to Christ. In discipleship, we also call you and say, are you ready to follow Jesus? Will you take the yoke? Jesus said, take my yoke. When Jesus said, take my yoke, the simple thing is to do what? To take. What is take? Take is what? Take. No, take is what? Take. When he said, take my yoke, 
It simply means if you take it, put it on your neck. As soon as you take it, your life must be glorious. You must be a complete agent of change. Now, this life can never waste again. Because he has taken the yoke of Christ. It's yoked together with Jesus. It's only where Jesus is going, he's going. Only where Jesus is going, he will be going. Can Jesus lead people to death? Can Jesus lead people to failure? Can he lead anybody to frustration? Can Jesus lead you to where you will die quick? Where will Jesus lead you? Where you be fulfilled in life? Where you be fulfilled in life? For you to become an agent. Rest all around. Rest in every area of life. Jesus said, take my yoke. You are not wiser than Jesus. Your pastors are not wiser than him. My Jesus remained the greatest wise one. I finished this meeting by saying, I could sense my master standing this evening and say, this meeting is not finishing. I am standing here. My son, any one of them who is ready to take the yoke, I will guide him to a glorious destiny. His life is already made. He becomes a certified agent of church. Today, as we finish this meeting, the Lord is saying, take my yoke and begin to learn of me. I see Jesus standing before all of us, stretching his hand again, saying, can you take my yoke and begin to learn of me? I am meek, I am lowly in heart. You found rest unto your soul. But remember, if you are not born again, you are not permitted to take this yoke. He can only lead those people who has become born again. And Jesus is standing before all of us today and say, take my yoke. Is there anybody who wants to say, Lord, I want to go further. I have been born again, but yet my life has not made any meaning. My life has not made any sense. I have been born again, moving up and down. But people still mock me. They still laugh at me. But today I've seen where the problem is. You have been saying to me, take my yoke. And I've been praying, moving up and down, going to church. Pretending and behaving as if I don't understand what you're saying. Today, I can understand. Jesus said, take my yoke. If you are ready to take his yoke, come here. As we begin to pray. Kneel down here. If you want to take the yoke of Christ. To begin to learn of him. To begin to learn of him. When you come to take the yoke, you don't tell him what you need again. What you are kneeling down here is Jesus. I take your yoke. From today, my mouth is no more my own. My neck is no more my own. My hand is no more my own. My body is no more my own. My thought is no more my own. My eyes is no more my own. My breath is no more my own. My feet is no more my own. My hands is no more my own. It belongs to you completely, Jesus. That's the meaning. If you take the yoke, Jesus begins to lead from that day. You don't lead again. You are not permitted to sing the song he did not sing through you. You are not permitted to dance the dance he did not dance through you. You're not permitted to wear the clothes he didn't wear you. You're not permitted to eat what he didn't approve. That is what it means to take the yoke. You are not permitted to read the book he did not approve. Only what he approves you will read. The husband that he approves you will marry. Even if you don't love the man, you will love the man. That is what it means. The wife he approves is the wife you will marry. Did you understand what we are saying? It means Jesus is the one that owns everything in your life. He decides what happened to you. 
Did you understand? Now, based on this understanding, say, Lord Jesus, I take your yoke. I give you my neck. Put the yoke. I'll follow you. I'll follow you all the days of my life. I'll follow you. I'll follow you. Anywhere you lead, anywhere you lead, I will not lead again. My eye is no more my eye. I won't use it to see what you don't want. Only what you want me to see, I'll see. What you want me to say, I'll say. What you want me to eat, I'll eat. What you want me to wear, I'll wear. Where you want me to go, I'll go. Where you want me to walk, I'll walk. I surrender my neck to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I know you are blessed by the message you just received. We encourage you to join our Open Heavens meetings, connecting to God's help every first of the month, 5 p.m. Deep experience with Jesus every Saturday, 5 p.m. And our life transforming seminars for all in sports circles at Suki23, C2C Plaza, Bokiti Road, Enugu, Nigeria. Visit our Facebook page, Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry. Instagram at Savior T Sports. Twitter at Savior Total. WhatsApp number 090-6022-330. Email Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry at gmail.com. You are blessed. Angel.